The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. From home repair to remodeling, this is making your home great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. This is making your home great. I'm Dave Alexander. We've got Craig the Floor Guy from American Dream Flooring and Tile on making your home great. How you doing, Craig? Hey, Raleigh Wood. How are y'all doing? <laughs> All right. Now, should we... We should emphasize that Craig has not taken his eye off the ball in the Raleigh area. He will he's gonna doing business in this area for a long time. He's still doing it. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And and I yet am involved I involved in Raleigh on a daily basis. I, I although I am currently in my basement in yes. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Good for you. My heart is in Raleigh. <laughs> yes, yes. No. Your heart is near the pool or the ocean. I guarantee yeah, it's you. It's actually raining here right now. Is it really? Okay. Well, <laughs> never mind then. So might as well, might as well, you know, join us today. Um, you are the floor guy, but I want to talk about one or two things before we talk about flooring. What kind of projects are you into as far as home renovations? Uh, we are currently involved in quite a bit of tile work, uh, several shower projects going on, wow. um, a large floor floor project in Raleigh, a mm-hmm. um, couple of kitchen remodels going on with backsplashes and floor tile and cabinets and countertops. So yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the, the larger kitchen and bath renovation seems to be uh, what we're doing more of currently. Really? No, no uh, chance that it would change the American Dream flooring and tile to something else. American Dream bathrooms. Well, well if kitchens. somebody wants to buy American Dream flooring and tile from me, I'll sell it to them and I'll start American <laughs> Dream kitchen no. and bath. Is it? This is good work, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, with the economy a little bit sluggish, some people seem to be hesitant to to you know, do luxury pro- projects if they don't have to. Right. Um, but a lot of the larger scale products that we're doing are for people that are buying new homes and they're needing to do these renovations before they really settle into the houses. Right. Um, so it makes sense. Um, and then, you know, a lot of families are getting ready for back to school right now. And typically after uh, Labor Day, we see an uptick in those carpet you know, living room replacements and, and the mm-hmm. bedroom upgrades and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I've been paying attention to what you told me about companies that advertise, but it's just to generate leads and it yeah. you know, bears, bears a conversation. It's, you, we really need to conversate about this because I see these ads all the time. And I know that they're not from a local outfit. Not at all. They don't have a company name like that. And yet they're collecting up leads. And then doing what? No, there are people sitting at their house doing a work-from-home job on a computer. Yeah. They don't know the area. They don't know the houses. Right. And honestly, in my opinion, all they do is just confuse homeowners and just muddy the waters. Yeah. 
um, you know, your best working directly with a professional in your area. Right. Um, I'd love to also pick up where we left off last weekend talking about kitchens and baths because I had a very, a very good phone call uh, with one of our our number one listeners and fans, Mr. Yeah. Bob. Oh, Mr. Bob. Bob, if you're out there, give us a call. I'd love to uh, <laughs> con- continue our conversation yeah. on air. So, so what was the conversation more or less about? Well, um, he has a, a bath bathtub that he wants to make a walk-in shower. Sure. And he had reached out to some of these commercials that have these TV commercials claiming they do one day shower renovations, um, just to kind of see, you know, to fill them out and, and get some prices. And he had said that he called a few different companies and, um, he basically was trying to call in cause he wanted to talk to us and basically reiterate what I was saying and yeah. he was saying, man, you, you, you were spot on. Here's what I experienced. Yeah. So that th- was the gist of the conversation. I, I think, and, that- and then of course he wanted to get us to come out and take a look at it sure. and, and give him a reasonable estimate. <laughs> you have told, project. you have told me that, and this is not a negative. It's a positive that you are not going to guarantee that you're going to redo a bathroom or a bath or a shower in a day. Why is that? Well, because it can't be done properly in a day. If you're, and if, if your goal is to get it done as fast as you can, yes, then your goal is obviously not to get it done the best you can. Mm. And I think these companies try to take advantage of people's timelines mm-hmm. to make money. Cause that's if, and if call them and get a price and you'll yeah. see what I'm talking about to them, it's all about the money. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, they try to, I guess, play on people's, um, urgencies of needing to get something done immediately because they're stressed or panicked about the situation right. to play, to pay their inflated price for an inferior product. And just my, that's yeah. my opinion on yeah. the matter. Well, I understand. Um, and you've been in this business for how long? 30 years. Oh, there you go. You're, you're due your opinion and we, we're going to pay attention to it. He's Craig, the floor guy from American dream flooring and tile one other topic that i know you like talking about sort of is the fact that there are manufacturers overseas in china who are they used to work with the major outlets the american names but they no longer do that because the american manufacturing has moved back to america good for them and yeah, there's either the, the manufacturing has moved to America right. or to South Korea or Vietnam. Okay. So these Chinese manufacturers are, are selling it to anybody that'll basically wire them the money. Yeah. They'll put it on a container ship and, and ship it to the port of your chore of your choice. <laughs> yeah. And what we skip in that conversation, what we're skipping is the the quality control that these major manufacturers do. They used to check the factory. Am I correct? Well, these bigger companies like Mohawk Flooring, they have their own testing facilities where when they receive a product that they import, 
they run it through a pretty rigorous testing to right. test the, the wear layers, to test locking mechanisms, to test it for water, water and moisture resistance, um, to make sure that it does pass muster. Yes. And these little small mom and pop importers, they don't have the ability to do that. So, right. you know, I actually saw one, a new one, uh, since we talked last weekend. Yeah. And I see these uh, companies, these importer wholesalers or whatever they call themselves. Yeah soliciting on facebook's facebook seems to be a big place to do it facebook marketplace or facebook ads and i know yeah. why they do it there it's because it's cheap that's yeah. literally the cheapest way to advertise something and to to reach the most amount of people for the least amount of money sure it's it's social media so i saw one advertising these products and they have pictures of the products and the lady has taken pictures of herself with in, in this warehouse with these pallets and pallets of this stuff behind her. <laughs> and you can zoom in on it and see, it says right on the box in the photo made in China. <laughs> and when I see these advertisements, I like to chime in every once in a while with a comment and let them know how I feel about their business and their business practices and what mm -hmm. they're doing. And I commented on this particular advertisement that you guys should be ashamed of yourself for selling these inferior Chinese made import products mm. when there's better options made in the USA, mm -hmm. you're obviously only concerned about making a dollar. Why don't you be part of the solution and not part of the problem? Right. And so this particular company or person responded back to me and said, Oh, I completely understand where you're coming from. Mm. I'm yeah, I am a, veteran myself mm. and i agree with you and then commented in fact 90 percent of the products we sell are made in the usa mm -hmm. now i don't know if what this response i was getting was factual or just made up right all i know is the picture that i saw on their ad showed a warehouse full of boxes that said made in china on them and again in theory the idea that it is made in China is not necessarily always a bad thing, but the, no, but, yeah, the I mean, but I mean, we used to sell that. That's what I'm talking about. But the truth is those manufacturers are no longer really closely examining this product. There's nobody closely correct. examining this product. No. I mean, I, I have products that are made in China in my showroom. I could, I could count them on one hand, right? but they're coming from large manufacturer and distributors right. like, you know, Shaw flooring still has some products that they sell that are made in China. Right. Um, there's a couple of other brands, like two, maybe three I know of that have a few products that they're still manufactured in China, but, but they're vetted and they're tested. Right. And if there's an issue, I know these large companies just for name recognition and brand awareness are going to stand behind any claims that might be filed rather than just making up some kind of excuse why it's not their fault right. and leaving the consumer to have to rip the floor out and replace it at their cost. We're going to talk more with Craig, the floor guy from American Dream Flooring and Tile. We're actually going to talk about flooring in next break. Uh, hang on, everybody. 919-860-9783 is our telephone number, 919 
860-9783. Making your home great on WPTF. Making your home great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. And the WPTF weather, chance of thunderstorm at a high near 90. We're very close there. 87 degrees, real feel 108. Uh, Making your home great is on the radio at 919-860-9783 and on 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Craig, the floor guy from American Dream Flooring and Tile is here. And you wanted to talk about what, Craig? You're talking about uh, flooring. Well... We can definitely talk about pet-proof products. Yes. Especially since we're going to be at the home show, the the uh, pet show next weekend. Right. Um, I have some really cool things that I'm going to be demonstrating out there. If <laughs> anybody is going to be there, I'm going to show um, carpet that will float on water that's hydrophobic. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Mo- Mohawk Smart Strand with NanoLock technology is right. a hydrophobic fiber. It'll actually float on water like a boat. And water kind of floats on it. It doesn't sink into it like typical carpet. Yep. It'll just, uh, it, it will not absorb into the fibers. So yeah. it's basically a stain-proof carpet has a pet-proof, lifetime pet-proof warranty. Yes. Uh, very, very easy to clean. And, and uh, you know, it's definitely the carpet you want in your home if you have pets, especially older pets or younger pets right. that um, have accidents. We had a carpet cleaner come in this week just for that. And we got out of it at about 170 bucks a visit. It's, it's worthwhile to have just been able to, I don't know, just wipe it up and shampoo it up rather than call some a professional to do this. So that... Well, if you... Yeah, if you have the carpet that we sell, yeah. all you have to do is... Um, I mean, the the easiest way to do it is to go to Walmart and yeah. buy one of those little small Bissell carpet steam cleaners. Yeah. Um, and that'll pretty much do the job for anything right. that, that gets on the carpet. You've only got carpet in two rooms, though, right, Dave? Yes, but the you, because you put uh, the— That's, You got that builder-grade stuff in there. Build, though, I got that builder-grade. <laughs> hey, don't talk down my carpet. Yeah, I own it. You know what I mean? It, it's paid for. But you're right. We don't go in those rooms a lot, and therefore yeah. we haven't upgraded. Uh, one day we probably will upgrade to put carpet there. But Craig, yeah, the we- floor guy, put in luxury vinyl um, plank, luxury vinyl plank in my house. Yep. You know, another thing um, that you can do for the bedrooms yeah. is – is put uh we have a pet pad we call it our pet pad which is a carpet padding yes that has a plastic barrier on it that keeps liquids from absorbing down through the carpet through the padding right and getting to the subfloor and that's a very inexpensive way to help keep you know liquids at bay right um there's also carpets we have uh, one manufacturer uh sells a carpet that the backing of the carpet is actually um has a, a a plastic film attached to the backing of the carpet as well. Yeah, which ho- it'll hold all the liquids in the carpet. So when you when you have it steam cleaned, right, uh, the suction from the steam cleaning machine will will suck all of the liquids out, right, and have the most you know the cleanest carpet. We ran the steam cleaner first. I don't know whether it was a steam cleaner, but it, it 
shot water into the carpet and then it sucked it up. So, mm-hmm. and it was, I think it was warm water. And we still needed to have the professional come out. Our solution now is to separate the two dogs because there's a there's plausible deniability when they're both <laughs> together, right? You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. One dog can look at the other, no, no, it was her. It was her. And the other one's looking, no, no, it was him. So we've separated them and there's no accidents anymore. The strange system in the Alexander household. Um, Craig, the floor guy is here from American Dream Flooring and Tile. I trust him with my flooring. I want to ask you a question. Somebody call, called me and said, this is off air, my regular life. They said, listen, I got this floating flooring. And as it had, it was professionally done. And at the edges of the rectangle, you know, each piece is a rectangle. At the edges, on the short end of the rectangle where they fit together, there was some separation. And I said, well, it's, you know, it's floating flooring. Maybe the, the piece of flooring floated. Does this sometimes happen even with a well, uh, well-installed well floor? It, it can. Um, the weakest point, so I'll start off by saying, you know, luxury vinyl plank flooring mm-hmm. um, is a very, very good floor, um, can be a very affordable floor and a really aesthetically nice looking floor you can get a really nice exotic look for mm-hmm. a low price point mm-hmm. but it is thin it is a it is a very thin floor um most of them range in total thickness between four and six millimeters sure so that's very it's very thin and then the edge of the floor where it clicks or locks together right has a very small lip that holds it together yeah so what, what can happen is with just a little bit of movement over time, and typically you'll see this in high, the high traffic areas, like a, a hallway or something where, or, you know, where most of the traffic flow is because that's where it's getting the most foot traffic and that foot traffic causes movement on the floor when you walk on it because it's a floating floor, it will move with the subfloor. And that little bit of movement over time sometimes can cause that little lip on the end to to fail or okay. to like it'll pop it'll pop loose is this like a to, big I deal like to, um no um it, not if you if you address it immediately before it, it it can end up leading to the end of the plank being permanently damaged mm. um and affect the veneer of the plank as well which in that case the section would have to be taken up and replaced yeah um but if you you know i had it happen in my own personal home before yeah um, and I just cleaned that little groove out with a toothpick and a vacuum to get all the dust and dirt out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just put a little bitty tiny bead of super glue in there and then kind of kicked it together to, to snap it back together. Sure. And it held for five years after that, that I know of without any issue before I sold the house. But I kind of, um, if you, I know everybody out there has had a, gotten a coke or something at a at a fast food restaurant before and they hand you that little flimsy cup with that little plastic lid that just barely snaps yeah on the around the lip the yeah. little lip of the lid oh yeah and if and if that lid isn't snapped on there really good and tight all the way around and they hand you that cup and i bet this has happened to hundreds of our listeners that are yeah. listening right now they hand you that cup and you grab that cup and you squeeze it just a little bit and pop that lid pops off and the Coke goes all over you. And 
Well, that's kind of a similar type thing that happens with what you're explaining with that little, that little gap there, that, that end, what was just, you know, it just barely snaps on there. And there's just, if it's, there's just the right combination of events, it can just kind of pop apart. Right. That makes perfect sense. And it's not a big deal. As long as you don't let it, don't ignore it. Well, and and everybody ignores it and grumbles about the uh, guy who installed it. You know, two well, years ago. One of our, our you know, I'd, I'd love to talk about terms and conditions. Please. Um, in fact, I should probably teach a seminar on how to be a customer. <laughs> but um, one of our terms and conditions of our contracts with our customers is that if they see or notice anything with their flooring, that they are to notify our customer service department immediately mm-hmm. via phone or email. Right. Immediately, not three months later or a year later or whatever, yeah, you know, and if there's a reason why, and that's one of the reasons why and yes. we tell them whether it's from, if it's during the installation pro- process or if it's when you wake up one morning and you think you see something that looks funny on the floor and you're not sure if it's a, you know, what it is, call or email, send a photo of it and let us address it. You know, because if you let it escalate or wait too long, you know, mechanics tell you the same thing about your brakes, you know, if you let it keep going and going too long, it damages other components. It becomes a more costly repair. I know we've all heard that commercial. Yes. Um, same thing with, with flooring. But, you know, to your um, previous point about it's not a big deal or is it a big deal? If you see it in a small area, high traffic area, one or two boards have kind of gapped a little bit. That's kind of a... A uh, normal thing that we see a lot with LVP flooring, unfortunately. Okay. Well, if hang, the whole floor hang, is coming apart, and yeah, that's a big got, deal. Now you got that means there was possibly right. a news fellow wants to jump in right here. Yeah. Hold on. FM ninety eight five AM six eighty WPTF. Craig, the floor guy, is here from American Dream Flooring and Tile on making your home great. I'm Dave Alexander. Greg, how you doing still? I'm still doing great. I'm sorry to be such long-winded on there. I'm, no, I'm you glad are... we got that news break out of the way. That no, was, you're uh, some you're... really important stuff that we all needed to hear there. Your stuff is fine. That's fine. I just, you know, <laughs> I, I I've my not a little more important than the stuff we were. I, when we're to. sitting in the same room, <laughs> I wave my hands up and down and wave like I'm pointing to a clock for my watch. Uh, but it wasn't possible today. That's all right. Craig, were you done with talking about that particular aspect of it? Yeah, I was just saying, if you got a, a gap or two here or there and you you address them immediately, you're probably okay. If your whole floor has got gaps in it, then you probably have a defective floor or there was something done during the installation pro- process that could have, you know, caused that issue. Okay, what? Because you, you've seen other people's work and you've been disappointed with other um, installers work on flooring. What could go wrong? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong. Um, you know, most of the things you initially see or, or visual mm-hmm. trim pieces that don't look, you know, that aren't right. Um, if you, a lot of times you can tell immediately after an install, if the installer didn't know what he was doing or didn't follow the instructions, mm-hmm. If you walk across the floor and you f- hear funny noises, yeah. you know, if it sounds like there's Rice Krispies underneath it, mm. that's a problem. 
Um, if you see gaps and moldings around the walls or trim pieces at doorways, that's, you know, that's an issue. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of times we'll see gaps at door casings and sometimes that's not necessarily the fault of the installation, mm -hmm. but something that could have been done to make it look a little more finished that wasn't done. Right. Um, you know, if the, there was a previous type of flooring that was thicker and you took it out and then you put in a thinner type of flooring, you're going to have gaps at your door casings. If the if the door casings were properly undercut, which are supposed to be mm -hmm. undercut, which mm -hmm. means you cut a little groove and the flooring goes up underneath it. A lot of times when we see do it yourself or installs, they don't understand that. And we'll go into houses and we'll see the floor was, they try to notch around the door casing. Yes. And uh, it's hard for me sometimes not to go, who installed this floor? Because most of the time I get the, oh, well, we did it ourselves. And I'm like, oh, well, it looks pretty good. <laughs> Craig, I, I have to tell you that I, I did this. Okay. And we had the exact problem you're talking about. We had to put the flooring together like a, like one of those little, I don't know, you slide a little square puzzles where you slide the squares around and try to fit them in. We had to slide a piece underneath that door casing. And it. we worked for two hours and did one room. It just went like, like a knife through butter. We got to the door and we were stumped. Okay, I that's why I want to call you rather than have somebody else do this in my home because I did a crappy job because I didn't know what the heavens I was doing. Yeah, doors, door jams yeah. are we call those pinch points and those pinch points are very difficult to navigate sometimes. Yeah, it, it depends on the type of floor. But if you don't have the right tools and the understanding of what's coming, you start in that big open living room on that far wide open wall. Mm -hmm. And it's like you said, it's smooth selling. But um, if you don't know what's coming around the bend, right, <laughs> it can be a surprise. For I just you, want so. people who are considering the DIY to consider instead Craig, the floor guy, because you're not going to be disappointed with the way it looks. And it'll be professionally done. Let's talk about warranties because you talked about, you know, people walking and they hear the click, click, click on the floor. Um, you know, you, you go to some installers and that's like, yeah, that's the way it is. Um, and, and then, you know, five yeah, years, two years down say, the road. Not, it's not my fault. I just installed it for you. I right. didn't make it. Right. Didn't make, yeah. uh, should it go click, click, click? No. <laughs> Okay. No, it shouldn't. Um, you know, things happen. Right. Um, but the important thing is to make sure that you're um, partnering yeah. with a reputable company. Um, you know, we've had issues with floors we've put in. Mm -hmm. um, not very often, but I would say probably once, maybe twice a year. We have an issue on an install where either the installer didn't do something correctly or maybe there was an issue with the flooring or even sometimes it's something that a homeowner might have done mm -hmm. um not re really realizing it was going to be an issue and it does some irreputable you know irreplace you got we got to replace the floor basically you know it damages sure. the floor beyond repair and uh our vendors will work with us to to replace products and cover labor costs sometimes if need be and yeah. you know what i mean so it's like you've got 
options. Right. Now there is a process we have to go through, which sometimes can be frustrating for homeowners. We say, okay, well, it's unfortunate that that happened. We can help you with it, but here's what we have to do. And a lot of times some customers think you just fold your arms like a genie and, you know, and blink and then it's all done and everything's back perfect again. And unfortunately it doesn't work like that. There's documentation that has to be done. There's inspections that have to be done and determinations of what exactly caused it, what needs to be done, who's going to cover the cost of the, you know, and, and, and that takes time sometimes to work through it. Um, that's, you know, we, we have a clause in our terms and conditions that we asked our customers to maintain respect, professionality, kindness yeah. throughout, throughout the process of the installation and remediating, you know, remedy process of any grievances or, or issues that may arise during or after the installation, because if they don't with us, it's actually breach of contract. So if they're not get, nice, you put niceness right. in the contract. Yes, we do. Good for you. And you guys show niceness to us. I'm, yeah. I mean, my wife and I, as customers, everybody who comes in is pleasant and takes care of things without any any word, you know, with, without any trouble. I, you can trust the people who are working with Craig, the floor guy from American Dream Flooring and Tile. I'll tell you right now. And I will tell you that certain things that I didn't think were physically possible were done very well. We had a hallway done or an area done in the dining room, kitchen, and then the living room. And then we stopped at that. Maybe it had a wall, wallway uh, floor uh, in the walkway done. And then we decided later to do the bedroom. You can't tell that it wasn't put out down all the same day. I don't know how you do that, but you guys manage it. You wove yeah. it in together. Yeah, we just completed a job where the customer had ceramic tile throughout a living room, or well, I guess it was like you would consider it a family room. This particular home had two living areas. So yeah. their family room, kitchen, um, small hallway, a laundry room you come in the garage door into the laundry room through the hallway into the kitchen through the kitchen into the family room and then the hallway was a t shape and yeah. then if you turn turn down the hallway rather than walking through to the kitchen that went into the bedroom the bedroom was carpet and then through the bedroom you walk into the master or the main bathroom which was yeah. also tile yeah total area was around i want to say a thousand square feet and we went in there and we took up the tile in the bathroom yes which was eh, probably about 65 square feet of area took the tile up which was on concrete so we had to you know bust the tile up and we had to chip off the mortar and smooth the concrete out yes all of the rest of the tile we skim coated that and leveled it out to make it smooth rather than take it all up because the homeowner didn't want to have to pay the cost to take all of that up. It was on a concrete slab. There was no visible signs of any damage to the tile. We actually had a customer call or a caller a couple of weeks ago asking about the yeah. ability to do this. And I yeah. told her we got to check that box and make sure everything's structurally integral. Well, this customer's area, a large, large, large area of tile was structurally integral. The bathroom was not though. It had a crack through the slab. There was a about 
maybe eight to 12 tiles that were loose or cracked that we, that we needed to take up. So we decided to just take all that up. But anyway, we took, took everything up, leveled everything out. We leveled the transition in the hallway, the door to the, from the tile into the master bedroom, leveled all that out, installed new uh, luxury vinyl plank flooring that this customer chose in our showroom throughout yeah. the whole area in one day. Yeah, of course. Of but course. The mo move furniture, moved appliances. We, yep. we encapsulated all of their kitchen cabinets in plastic, their vanities and their bathrooms in plastic. Yes. Did all the prep work, installed the floor, installed the moldings, the trim, caulked the quarter round, did it all in one day. And these people were amazed. Right. They were like, there's no way you're going to get that done in a day. And I said, well, it's possible. We may have to come back a second day to finish up for a few hours. But, you know, my guys are pretty good. The yeah. crew that was doing the house has worked for us for many, many years. They've also worked in your house. Yeah. Um, and these people were just like, holy cow. We cannot yes. believe they got that all done in a day. Yep. And, of course, it looked, it looks wonderful. It looks beautiful. Back when I worked day to day, we had the big project done. And I went away in the morning. I knew that it was going on. My wife was living through the whole thing. You know, the, the furniture was in place. It was where we lived. Because I wasn't, I wasn't going to move it because I didn't know where to move it. I left. Everything was done. I came back at the end of the day. There was no hiccup. Everything was good. Actually, actually everything was, was great. And we've been happy for a, a you know year and a half or so and the dogs have not managed to scratch it all up even though they're moderately sized dogs full-size poodles and they run like scooby-doo where their body doesn't move but their feet do <laughs> for a split second they get and they get and they go along um so i'm pretty happy i one of the reasons i i call craig the floor guy from american dream Flooring and tile, and someday, Craig, yes, I will get that builder grade carpet out in the two bedrooms, but it's not a high priority right now. We're we're gonna let the dogs ruin one carpet at least before we go ahead and replace it. But when we do replace, we'll replace the pet proof, which brings me to the fact that the North Carolina Pet Expo is next weekend. I can't believe it's already going to be August. August 5th and 6th yeah, is this coming this coming weekend. This coming weekend, August 5th and 6th. Of course, it's at the uh, State Fairgrounds, and I hope you are there. Make some plans. It's everything pet, and, you know, there's associated products, but it's going to be a fun time for everybody. NC Pet Expo coming up next weekend, and we will be broadcasting, making your home great live from the – from the uh, expo. Uh, we're going to take phone calls, 919-860-9783 for Craig the Floor Guy and American Dream Flooring and Tile on WPTF. 3,000 to 30,000. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. If you are interested in getting your floor done, talk to Craig the Floor Guy and tell him Craig sent you. At American Dream Flooring and Tile. Craig, how are you? Doing good. I'm just double-checking you're there, man. Yep, still here. Um, That's good. I want to remind everyone out there, we're having some specials right now as well. We still have our uh, waterproof supercell that's happening. We have uh, waterproof luxury vinyl plank and waterproof laminate uh, starting at 249 a square foot. 
uh, Mohawk Revwood lifetime warranty waterproof laminate starting at $289 a square foot. We have in stock carpet starting at $1 a square foot. Um, I have lifetime warranty carpet, $2 a square foot, including pad and installation. So we've got some great deals. If anyone is, is, is needing flooring or know someone that does, yeah, uh, send them our way. My daughter is, um, well, the my daughter and the whole family is celebrating my granddaughter's fifth birthday. She's not allowed to be five, but she is five. And they've got the water bouncy house. They've got the pool going. And we're expecting thunderstorms this afternoon. This means that she's going to have close to 80 or 90 small children, about five years old and younger getting out of the pool at some point and traipsing into the house. What do you think? Getting cupcake icing all over. That's exactly. She needs waterproof. Tell me what's a good waterproof uh, floor. She she needs waterproof and easy to clean. Yeah. Um, Well, anything we sell is, I mean, like again, the Mohawk smart strand carpet. Um, We have a dream weaver solution dyed polyester carpet. These are, bleach proof carpet so if yeah. you get them dirty you can clean them with a bleach water mixture and it won't even damage wow. the carpet and then of course we have the the mohawk rev wood um which i'm a big fan of i like the waterproof laminates because you get the same waterproof warranties as lvp but the laminate finishes are twice as scuff and scratch resistant as lvp yeah um so you you know dogs especially won't hurt it and then the heavy furniture um it's, it's also thicker, twice as thick as luxury vinyl plank, so the locking mechanism is stronger. Um, and they're all made in the USA. What did you call so, that last product? The Mohawk Revwood Waterproof Re- Laminate. Revwood. Does it appear to be like hardwood? Does it look that way? Yeah, so they have some HD or high-definition finishes on uh, some of them. They have, you know, you can actually feel the knots in it, just like a yeah. a real piece of wood. Yes. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. They have some with, uh, they have what's called a softened edge, where it's got a, a rolled edge rather mm-hmm. than just a square edge or a painted beveled edge. So it looks like it was, a, like, almost like it was sanded and hand-finished on the edge. And yes. But yeah, they do some pretty amazing things with these products to make them look as realistic as possible. The um, the the funny thing is, you know, I kind of grew up in a house that was hardwood, and I always thought, yeah, the hardwood is the is the standard, is the high standard for flooring. But again, in my lifetime, I remember my parents having it refinished two or three times because. And my brother brother had scuffed it up with his bed and, you know, all these other things. Can I buy a product that looks like wood that's harder than wood? Yeah, that, that would be a rev wood laminate. Really? Yeah. I mean, hardwood is still a great floor, but it's not the right floor for every family. You know, if you have a young, active family yeah. and you put a hardwood floor in your house, it's going to get damaged. Right. You know, it's going to scuff, it's going to scratch, it's going to dent, it's going to look, it's going to look worn a lot, lot faster than just about any other type of floor you could put in there. Um, you can refinish it. Yeah. Um, 
Well, but, you can't you know, even re- even refinishing hardwood floors nowadays. I mean, hardwood floor refinishers are, you know, they're they're like artists. Yes, you know, they're it's hard to find a good one. There's not a lot, you know, that every there's a lot of flooring retailers and flooring contractors and companies that don't even refinish hardwoods. Sure, um, we do. We do have a couple of really really good uh, refinishing crews. Mm-hmm. But to refinish a hardwood even is going to be you know, you could be four to six dollars a square foot just yeah. to refinish the hardwood. Yeah. Um, so what a lot of a lot of younger families do, and we do this all the time, we'll go into houses that have hardwood floors and a young family is moving into the house. We'll go in there and put LVP on top of the hardwood. Yeah. And, you know, these people are gonna have a nice easy to clean, worry free floor for 10, 15 years. And right. then after the kids get older, they can rip that LVP up and have hardwood floors if they would like. Amen. So, you know, I don't, I don't bash hardwood, but you know, there's, there's, you got to evaluate, you know, what you're doing with your floor and what's going to be the best bang for the buck for the time you need it to be there. We talk about LVP luxury vinyl plank and luxury vinyl tile a lot, but there's no flooring you don't do. Am I correct on that? Um, yeah, pretty much. I mean, some of the like hospital grade commercial finishes, yeah. um, we, we don't do. Okay. Um, I don't do need that residential flooring, right? but as far as a house is concerned, you know, and it's really, um, you know, we have a lot of options these days as, as far as flooring, you know, 30, 40 years ago, your options were carpet or hardwood or tile. And then the vinyl products, these petroleum uh, products like the linoleum we've talked about, you know, when linoleum came oh, out yeah. in the 60s. That was the magical, new, amazing floor that everybody had to have. Oh, sure. Because right. it was inexpensive. It was waterproof. It was yeah. easy to, to install. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're, we're lucky. We have all these innovations in our industry. They keep happening. So consumers have a lot of options these days. You know, waterproof, easy to clean, inexpensive. They want a high-end luxury floor we exotic imported hardwoods from brazil or south america i mean there's just so many options i want uh, i want luxury vinyl plank that looks like teal i want it to look like the rarest wood possible and i can probably get it because there are hundreds if not thousands of styles and colors that work well yeah we have some stuff that we have one um, one product um, that looks like cowhide. It's a luxury vinyl plank, but it looks like a yeah, it looks like a cowhide. Is it like mostly a, white with black yeah. or brown spots? Yeah, exa- exactly. It looks like a a, a cowhide. It's pretty heavens. Yeah, I want my yeah. bathroom in that. Absolutely. <laughs> could you cut that around a toilet? I'm sure you could. You guys are pretty good at that sort of thing. Wow. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's well, that particular product is a, vi- a luxury vinyl plank. So we oh, would pull that toilet and, and reset it on top of the floor. But Oh, really? Okay. Well, but, um, but yeah, we have, I mean, there's floors that look like, 
uh, all different species of wood, different yeah. ages of, of wood. There's multi-width plank. Yes. So, so they even have LVPs where there will be like a nine inch wide plank, a, a, a six inch wide plank and a three inch wide plank and you install it together. Yes. You know, so it looks like you took, you know, th- you got three different widths, which you actually do. Um, right. It looks I mean, country, looks country like some, you know, it's sort of a rustic look. Yeah. Like a re- reclaimed wood look. I mean, right. a lot of the old knotty pine looks have came back. We have several manufacturers that have that knotty pine look available in a couple of different options, Yeah, um, which I like. I like that old, older, I call it the comfy cabin look. I like that look myself. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. Tons of options. I and- like it. I like it, Craig, that it is waterproof that these options are not going to wear out because of the normal wear and tear you get in say a home where they've got a pool or children or pets or uh, it's a camp so people are bringing muddy shoes in none of that seems to bother people need to know though waterproof doesn't mean maintenance proof or clean you, you still got to clean up after yourselves. Understand. The children don't understand that. They don't understand that when they're dripping wet, they can't just walk through the whole house. Well, they they can if you have waterproof flooring. And mom has and, and mom and dad have a little bit more time with a waterproof floor to address yeah. it, but it still needs to be cleaned up. Whereas if you don't have a waterproof floor and that happens, right. you're dropping what you're doing, running over with towels and you're going, oh my goodness, you get out, your feet are wet. You know what I mean? As so, soon as they've halfway dried, they put the towels on the floor and then mom and dad step on the towel and scooch. They scooch so they wipe up all the water. But that's all that has to happen. And if they miss a spot, no big deal. Yeah. Yeah, my dog, he spills water all over the floor when he drinks out of his bowl, and we just have a little towel that lays on the floor next to his bowl, and we, yep. I go by there with my foot every once in a while and wipe it up. All right, good good talking to you, Craig. You've got two showrooms in the Raleigh area. Tell me where they are. Yep, uh, Apex and Raleigh. Visit us online at AmericanDreamFloor.com. Uh, toll free, give us a call, 8776 Floors or direct in Raleigh at 919 213 8068. All right, Craig, thank you very much. Next time we get together, we're going to talk about cabinets. Okay. Thank you very much for being on the show. Making your home great continues. From home repair to remodeling, this is Making Your Home Great. Making Your Home Great is on 1 o'clock every Saturday. We go 1 to 3. On WPTF, and uh, we talk about people who are experts in their field, Brock Emmons uh, from Triangle Radiant Barriers here. Hello. Hello. We uh, we ha- only have 87 degrees on the thermometer. The real feel outside is 108. Yeah, it's miserable. Just, you, just walking from the car to the building, I was like, really? I'm, I'm ready for a nap. What is it, what is it like in the attics? Oh, it, you know, it's hard to explain for any of our listeners. Yeah. Go up there today. Now yes. is a good time. Go open up your, your ladder entrance and yeah. uh, walk up into the attic and tell me what that feels like. It's it's a different kind of heat, and that's one of the reasons this time of year, most of the time, our installs are we're, we're clocking out for the day at around noon to 1 o'clock. Yeah. Our guys are getting there early, working yeah. as long as they can. 
but once the temperature goes well up and over 110 degrees, it's just kind of dangerous to be up there. So, and, and by definition, you don't have great water or sorry air movement in there that area no no uh, you know every once in a while a customer will allow us to disconnect a duct while we're up there working so we're actually getting a little bit of air conditioning blown in up there Uh, unfortunately since the attic is ventilated it's really only helping you if you're standing directly in front of the duct Uh, but uh, that's one of the one of the tricks uh, and obviously we get all that resealed back up once we're done but We've got coolers and and make sure our guys have plenty of water yep. uh, to stay hydrated. Uh, but even with good hydration, working in a in a sauna that's 120 degrees, it's yeah. just not healthy. Is that how t- the real temperature up in the attic? Uh, I would uh, no. It gets a lot hotter than that. Really, um, 120 is typically around noon to to one in the afternoon, two in the afternoon. You start going up there around three, four, five. Right. Uh, it, it can average anywhere between 135, 145. Wow. How do we combat that? Better ventilation, yeah. uh, potentially insulating the rafters of the roof. Okay. When you insulate the rafters of the roof, you cool off the <clears throat> attic space along with all the, the living space below it. Right. That's how it's designed. Um and, and, yeah, of course, the first one I had mentioned, which is ventilation, making sure that you have good intake and outtake ventilation. Uh, you are a big fan of a ridge vent on the roof. I do. I like ridge vents. Uh, as long as your ridge is long enough for your square footage, there are certain types of roofs out there that are called hip roofs, which yep. is like a pyramid. Yep. You know, four sides of the roof all kind of go up to a point. And then you've got this little ridge at the top, which is only like eight feet long. Yeah, that's not good. It's not typically long enough or, uh, to be adequate for that type of ventilation. So as long as you have a long enough ridge, I do prefer ridge vents. There's no moving parts, nothing to break. Yeah. Uh, the heat in the attic rises to the tallest point. If you do have a hip roof or if uh, a ridge vent is not applicable, then we normally recommend going with a, a solar-powered fan. Uh, Why solar-powered? Well, the, you know, the two options are solar and electric. Your electric fans are, I've said many times before, counterproductive. You're using electricity to cool off the attic to save on electricity. So in most cases, it kind of cancels itself out. Solar has a much better warranty. Those electric fans are about six to eight years, and and the motor will go out, and you have to pay an electrician to come pull it out and put in a new one. Yeah. Uh, The solar fans have a 25-year warranty. They're obviously not using any electricity, so they're naturally moving airflow. Uh, in my opinion, they're a lot more reliable uh, yeah. and better looking. I kind of have this ingrained notion that anything that plugs into to 120 volt or 112 volt is going to be heftier and stronger than solar. Am I wrong? Uh, stronger, yes. Okay. Um, you are wrong. Thank you. That's the purpose of the radio program, actually. The large solar fans that we have pull Mm. about 1,550 cubic feet per minute. Yeah. Uh, The electric fans that are around the same size are typically around 1,000 to 1,100 cubic feet per minute. So the solar fans pull more air, uh, and again, they're more reliable. Right. Now, the downside is is they have to be mounted to the roof. That's not something you can mount in a gable vent, for example. Yeah. Uh, which is why we bring out roof works when we install our solar fans to ensure that 
they cut it in properly. It's flashed in properly. We're not going to have any leaks or issues. Yeah. RoofWorks warranties their work, uh, backs that up. So it's a very effective option if you don't have the opportunity to do a ridge vent. Right. The uh, the, the whole process, of course, you might have to cut a hole in the side of the house for these vents. On, the, on the roof. Uh, on the roof. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah, because they're solar. So you want the panel... Right. To see as much sunlight as possible. Right. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I hear people all the time. They're like, well, you know, solar, you know, if it's cloudy outside, if it, you know, what if there's no sun? That's right. Well, then your attic's not 140, is it? It goes right down. It's, it's a lot cooler. Uh, and most of those fans hold a charge for over mm. 24 hours anyway. So if it was sunny yesterday, it's still going to work today. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're reliable. I have that exact system on my house, and it works very, very well. And it vents out the roof? It does, yes. Oh, I hear I'm, the whole time I'm thinking it vents out the sides. No, no. Those would be gable vents, and those gable are typically vents. where you would have an electric fan. You would ask for an electric fan in that purpose. Yes, for that purpose. you can have electric fans either in the gable yeah. roof, or, uh, the gable vent, or the roof itself. Sure. The solar fans are more efficient if they're just mounted on the roof. All right, very good. I'll explain that. And again, when I say something that's wrong, you just go ahead and say, <laughs> "Feel free to just say, point it out." No, Dave, that's that's really dumb. <laughs> that's very. So what projects are you into lately? Oh, man. Uh, this time of year, it's a lot of crawl space. It's a lot of attic. It's kind of all across the board. Um, we did a lot of very large crawl space work this last week. Most of it went smoothly. We had a couple of hiccups here and there, which happens. What's uh, a hiccup on your in your end? Well, so, for example, I, I do our final inspections. I'm not yeah. typically the one who goes out and does the original inspection. My, my sales department is typically who, who makes the sale. I yeah. go out and, and do the final inspections. Now, when I go out, I have a copy of the signed contract. So I know every item on that list that was supposed to be completed. Mm-hmm. So my job is to go through the crawl space or the attic space and ensure, basically check the boxes. Yes, this was done. This was done. There were a couple of jobs this last week. Some minor items were not done. Um, one of our installs, uh, uh, the dehumidifier we use, uh, came right out of the box with an error code. Mm. Well, nobody likes that. Now, luckily, the sensor pad or the sensor board was just unplugged. So we were able to take the unit apart, plug it back in, everything kicked back on. Yeah. Uh, one of the installs, unfortunately, one of my guys forgot to do weather stripping at the base of one of the doors. So I... You know, those are those are items that uh, we've got to go back and get corrected before right. I can say the project is completed and we can collect payment. So that's that's the whole purpose in my job is to ensure that stuff doesn't get missed. Yeah, there's a there's a fair amount of walking away in the contracting world. <laughs> yes, where, yes, there is. Where, you know, uh, and and there's the other thing is if you're hiring an installer for any product and their truck or van is hand painted and they will paint they will grout they will do landscaping <laughs> i'll do your roof and they'll they'll you know install uh insulation and they're a they're a notary <laughs> <laughs> and you send a fax from their office too if, if it can be done they can do it if you need it if you need a fax then they'll do it that's that's not the idea with triangle radiant barrier. No, we we're we're specialists. Um, yeah. 
I prefer to always bring in a specialist to do anything. The the guy you're talking about is a handyman. You know, the yeah. guy that can do just about everything. And yeah. unfortunately, in the handyman industry, there's levels to handymen. Yes, there is. Uh, there's a lot of them that think they can do everything, and they can't. And yeah. every once in a while, you run into a, a, you know, a unicorn, a guy that just, he knows how to do everything. He's been doing it for 30 years, yeah. uh, and he takes pride in what he does. I've got a couple of those guys working for me. And yeah. they are hard to find. Yeah. Very hard to find. Um, specialists, I mean, that that's their field. That's what they do. Right. That's why if I have a customer that says, I need a whole house generator, the, the answer is Joel. You, yeah, you call, call Joel, Joel Worsham with, with Comfort First. That is his field. That's his specialty. That's what he knows. Right. Same with Craig, the flooring guy. I need flooring. Boom, call Craig. Yep. Craig Craig's not going to build your house, but he'll floor your house for you. That's what yep. he does. Yep. We do crawl spaces. We do insulation, every kind of insulation you can think of. That's the field that we selected, right. and that's where we put all of our focus. The uh, the radiant barrier material you're putting up does what for the homeowner? I know it insulates, but, you know, if, if somebody had a bonus room or an attic, straight rafters, mm-hmm. you can see the rafters, you can see the, the roof boards. What do you typically do? Do you put in batted insulation? We can. Uh, are we talking about during construction? No. no bonus no, room, no. so it's already finished. We're just talking about the attic no, space above bo- it. Right, no, we're talking about bonus rooms that are left unfinished. Unfinished. Okay. Um, I normally lead off my questioning with the, with the homeowner. Is right. Are you planning on finishing this space? Mm-hmm. Yep. About half of the customers say yes. Um, the other half say no. We want to use this for storage. It's nice that it's all framed in, but when we sell the house 10 years from now, the next guy can can finish the attic. Right. Well, that'll tell you what type of insulation you want to use. Radiant Barrier is an in addition to insulation mm. when it comes to new construction. And that would be new construction when yep. you're finishing an area. So if the customer says, no, I'm leaving this storage space, I highly recommend the radiant barrier. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. It'll cool off the attic 30, 40 degrees. It makes it a lot easier to store up there. Uh, If your HVAC equipment is in the attic, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Cools the attic off so your system's not having to work as hard. Problem is, if you then decide to finish it into living space, Mm -hmm. North Carolina wants every different area of that space insulated differently. The outside walls have to be R15 or better. The vaulted part of the ceiling has to be R30C with a baffle behind it. The flat part of the ceiling has to be R38. So radiant barrier does not pass code for a finished living space. Right. It does for a storage space. Or if you just want to insulate your attic with the existing uh, insulation you already have, that's what I meant when I said in addition to. We can go in and insulate the rafters. Cool off the attic. All right. Hold on just a moment. Brock Evans of Triangle Radiant Barrier is with us talking about insulating the attic. Uh, but we're going to get into the crawl space. Not me, of course. Uh, Brock will go underneath the crawl space. I'm not I'm not going there. The snakes live there. It's not fun. It's, it's not fun. On Making Your Home Great, FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Yes, thunderstorms are expected this afternoon. You might be seeing them now. 
uh, in your area. High temperature near 90. It's 87 now. Real feel 108. Talking to Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier about some projects that he's involved in. And you mentioned that the Radiant Barrier is a great after after insulation thing if you're going to finish off an area. Yes. You put the you put the uh is it still fiberglass insulation? Fiberglass is yeah. the most common. Yes, okay. sir. So you put the the fiberglass up and you mentioned you got to do three different types. Yeah, depending on on the location. Uh, you know, outside walls and knee walls are R15 and you can go down the list all the different areas have different codes. And You've done that, and you say, well, yeah, I'm thinking maybe in a year I'm going to put dry, put up drywall. And, you know, somebody suggests maybe you don't want to run some electrical, and then you call Brock. Yeah, you normally have the framing, electrical, and plumbing done. Yeah. Uh, now, as long as the framing is done, we can still come out and give an estimate and, and let you know what it's going to cost to insulate that space. Yeah. Uh, but we can't actually put in the insulation until you've passed your framing, plumbing, and electrical permit. Hmm. After that's been passed, then it's insulation's turn. We can come in and insulate. And what you put up, the product you put up, looks like what? Uh, depending on what the customer goes with. Again, we can do spray foam. So okay. if a customer wants to finish off that space uh, and they don't want to use fiberglass or cellulose or attic cat or rock wool, mm -hmm. uh, we do have the option of going in and using an open cell spray foam. Um, different types of foams that are out there, we do all of them. Uh, yeah. But open cell is typically the, the, the option to go with uh, an attic uh, that you're converting. I would imagine that's a fun day. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's really not. In this time of year, um, oh, okay. you have to kind of foam continuously. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, unfortunately, we're even postponing some of our spray foam jobs until the back half of September, uh, just so it cools right. down enough uh, right. that we can get up there and do large quantities of it without having to call it a day so yeah. early. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, we're already starting to stack up spray foam jobs in September. And to, and to describe some of the complexity, am I right that there are like two products that have to be combined to make the foam? Uh, the, the type of product that we use, yes. It's two chemicals that you mix together, then you spray it. Uh, it, it expands. Uh, and once you open them... You have to spray here. all of it. You have to finish it. Right. Yeah, so we, we use 500-gallon uh, containers that get mixed together, so 1,000 gallons. So you want to you spray all of that in one sitting. Sure. And that is typically a six- to seven-hour window. Wow. So for us to be out of there at noon, we'd have to be showing up there very, very early in the morning to get a full seven hours in. So it's almost better to just postpone this until September. And the advantage of spray foam is what? Uh, the advantage, it is uh, statistically probably the most efficient insulation in the world. Yeah. Um, it is also the most expensive. So there's there's pros and cons to it. Right. Uh, personally, I'm of the opinion that I, I, if I was doing new construction, I would do traditional fiberglass. Yeah. Uh, and then use a radiant barrier product on a lot of the heat entry points, yeah. cathedral vaults, vaulted ceilings. Uh, potentially doing the attic, 
um, uh, rafters to make sure that the entire house is cool. Mm -hmm. I like those combinations uh, a little bit more than I like spray foam, but it's a lot cheaper. So that's, <laughs> that's why right. I sway that direction. And you're, and you're, what you're doing is after code, you're raising it above what the minimum code is. Yeah. Normally, uh, the code inspector will come in and look at all of our fiberglass yep. and say, yep, you've passed. Then my guys will come back. Right. And we'll start radiant burying the cathedral vaults, the east and west facing walls, potentially the main attic space, just to bring uh, an even higher insulation value to the property. And now you're good to drywall. What you're doing is installing a, I, I'm going to call it a fabric. It's not really a fabric. Reflective grade insulation. Right. It's reflective grade insulation. But in real terms, it is like a rolled product. Yes, it is a rolled product. Uh, and what's funny is the insulation we're covering it with, yeah. the radiant barrier actually outperforms the insulation that's there per code. Yeah. So they want you to have uh, the, the stuff we use is about the equivalent of an R40 insulation. Yeah. So when we put that on the outside wall that you already have R15 in, yeah. The R value of that wall is enormous. Sure. Same is going to be said about the vaults and, and the attic space. And we're not to the point where code helps you guys at all. <laughs> I mean, you're talking R40, right? Right, right. And, and mandatory is R15? In the walls, In yes. In the walls, okay. So why couldn't I just put up radiant barrier So, and it would overdo what? the code requires it depends on the state and okay. in other states it is code if you run through california nevada parts of texas yeah there it is a code to have a reflective grade insulation we just have not gotten there here in north carolina yet okay we are looking forward to it yeah, uh, trying to trying to convince the right people that look this stuff is cheap it's it's so effective. Yeah. It doesn't deteriorate over time. It's a lifetime insulation. Yeah. You guys should really incorporate this into y'all's codes. And and the time it takes to put up, you just compared the the foam you mentioned, you know, 8 or 9 hours. Much faster with the radiant barrier. Because you're taking a, a, a I keep calling it a fabric or a, something like that, but it it feels like a product you hold in your hand. And you put up, and what do you do, staple it? Uh, yes. In most oh, cases, as long as it's wood supports, we use staples. If it's a metal frame house, we have to use uh, um, yeah. self-tapping screws and washers. But, it's, but it goes up like a material that's a Like fabric. a panel, yeah, just like a panel. We put it right on the wall. It's nearly paper thin, yeah. so you can put your drywall right on top of it. And, uh, you know, there's a common misconception out there. People say, well, radiant barrier needs an air gap, so how can you, how can you cover it with drywall? Well, the back of the product that has R15 in it, mm -hmm. R15 is not a solid product. That's mm -hmm. buoyant. It's mm -hmm. full of air. So your air gap is on the other side of the product. Yeah. As long as it's installed properly, it works very well. It does. Oh, and yeah. it can do what to my heat bill? Heating bill? Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Air conditioning bill. HVAC. Yeah. Uh, in most cases, it, it's uh, anywhere between a 25 and 45% reduction. I say the average about 30 to 35. And that's because even though, and people will tell you, no, heat rises, but you got heat in the attic. Well, yeah, when it's, when it's a summer day, yeah. the heat in your house is not rising. It's radiating down from the attic space. 
And so you want a radiant barrier to block that heat. And and it's not air movement. It is radiating. It's like a furnace up there. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like a stove. Yeah. You, know, right? you go up into the attic. I mean, it's like 140 degrees up there. It's because it's it's all closed off. You right. have a, you have a little bit of ventilation helping with the airflow, but it's a, an enclosed environment that's getting pounded by the sun right. all day, every day. Right. Very hot. And that's leading to my living area. Yeah, it's just pushing that heat down. Your insulation is trying to absorb as much of it as it can. But just like a sponge is waterlogged, heat can get uh, uh, insulation can get heat soaked. Yeah. So that heat eventually transfers through it. Your house is hotter. Your air conditioner kicks on to cool it back down. And it's a constant process. That, that happens 20 times a day. Right. We didn't plan it this way. But we've spent the first bit of the program talking about radiant barrier. We're going to go under the house. We're going to go to the crawl space coming up. As I said, Brock will go down underneath the crawl space. I will stay here at the radio station, and that's the way the plan is. <laughs> that's just the, way, just the way it works. Also, we're going to give away a Cape Fear Seafood gift card coming up on this radio program, FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. In your home, great. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. This is WPTF and making your home great. Brock Hemmons is here of Triangle Radiant Barrier. And you were talking to me off air about humidity under your house. I don't think about that at all. It never occurs to me <laughs> that it's humid underneath there. Yeah, very humid. Yeah. Uh, it's dark and damp and gross. And, you know, that's where most of the mold starts growing. You pulled a snake out underneath the house this week almost weekly yeah almost weekly we we end up pulling snakes out but uh i i did i pulled a hog nose out of a customer's uh well it was the first time i've ever seen a hog nose in person yeah you know most of the time the snakes you run into under the house are black snakes or copperheads uh so it was it was intriguing to get to see a, a hog nose in person, but intriguing yeah, intriguing is not the word I would use. It's, that's not the word you would use. No, no, no. You know, when I when I first got here, again, I'm from Texas, yeah. so in Texas, it's rattlesnakes is what you have to be worried about. But that's you don't run into that in residential areas. Yeah, we don't really have a lot of snakes in the residential areas of Texas, so okay. I did not have a lot of experience with snakes when when I got here to North Carolina a while mm -hmm. back. Uh, but I have, have seen my fair share, and at this point now, I, it's just, you see them so often, it's sure. like, oh, yeah, go ahead and grab that and toss it out, as long as it's not a, a copperhead or a water moccasin. Sure. Well, that makes sense. All right, so you're you're underneath the house. It's humid. Oh, yeah. Is there a remediation for that? Uh, for humidity, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, when I do crawl space inspections, I'm looking for, for certain things. Uh, the first thing I do is check the state of the plastic. Does it have plastic? You know, oh, yeah. is this a, I'm sure, Dave, you've seen older homes. You look under the house, it's just dirt. And, I almost and, bought one. Yeah. Yes. And did it have floor problems? Sure it did. The, yeah. I, it, not only did it not have anything down other than gravel yep. underneath the house, Inside the house, there was one section where it was clear that something bad had happened. It wasn't a, a low spot. It oddly was a high spot. Oh, yeah. And the only thing we could think was that 
the floor joist had failed and the sides of the house pushed the floor joist up. Definitely possible. So in the center of the house, there was a high spot. Yeah, there was a high spot. Yeah, the bowing of the subfloor, a, a floor joist, or even a girder itself. Yeah. Um, and that's that's unfortunate. But th that's the stuff we're looking for is, you know, what's the plastic look like? Yeah. Uh, how What kind of condition is the wood in? Is there any growth on the wood? Mm -hmm. What kind of condition is the insulation in? And our job is really, we, we do GoPro videos when we do our crawl space inspections. Yes. So we're able to send that video to our homeowners. You'd be shocked to find out how easy it is to explain things to a homeowner when they're watching a video of their own house. <laughs> so it's, oh, I didn't know it looked like that back there. Good night. You know, yes. it's, so we, we walk them through and we say, this, this is this, you know, the state you're in currently. Yeah. And these are all the options we offer as a company. What questions do you have? Oh, okay, what kind of plastic should I go with? Well, these are the five different kinds of plastics. Yeah. This is what they do. This is the tear resistance. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, what about this? Well, these are the four or five different options we offer. Everything that we can do to a crawl space, we have four or five options, and those are all priced differently. We do that because some customers don't need a $10,000 fully encapsulated crawl space. Maybe Good. they just need three or four of these line items. Yeah. So we structure our estimates where it's, okay, this is a buffet. Go down the list and pick and choose what you like, what you'd like us to do, what right. you'd like to postpone. We can always come back at another time and do these other items. Yeah. Um, so we give our customers the opportunity to kind of customize their own. Uh, that way they get exactly what they're looking for. Yeah. Our job is just to educate, give you your options, and answer your questions about the options when you have them. Well, what are these options? I mean, I know that give I've me got, a category. I well, I've got, <laughs> I know I've got several, several different options for the plastic underneath. I, sure. I know that because you know there's well, you just told me, but even even that you're buying expensive or buying cheap. Mm -hmm. I I know that concept very well. Same with the wall insulation. Really? You know, we do borofoam, we do spray foam, we do triplex, which is our proprietary product, and it's a lot cheaper than the other two options, and it works just as well. Well, brag about triplex for a bit. Triplex. Uh, yeah, we don't really talk about it a lot on this show. Um, we've, we've brought it up a few times before, uh, but when we first got here, the only two options to encapsulate your crawl space with were either spray foam the walls mm -hmm. or you use a foam board product. Yeah. Foam board is very difficult to install. In most cases, it doesn't even fit through the door. So you have to get into the crawl space, measure the walls, go out into the yard on a tarp, cut the foam board to the right height and width, carry that back into the crawl space, mount it to the wall, then start taking measurements for your next piece. Yeah. So it was very difficult to install, um, and it takes a lot of time. So my two partners and I, who had been working with our material manufacturer out of Texas for many years, mm -hmm. uh, reached out to them and explained the problem. Said, look, we need a new option here. We need a, a board that will still pass code. It's got to be an R10 or better, but it needs to pass these criteria. Um, and after a year and a half of trying, we finally got it worked out. And uh, we call it Triplex. We've been installing it in customers' homes for well over a year and a half now have had hundreds of code inspectors go out and pass yeah. uh, during inspection, and it is just grossly less expensive to have installed. Is it a board-style product? It's actually a rollout, but yeah. it is a very thick rollout. So one roll of this stuff is only 100 square feet, 
as our radiant barrier is a thousand square feet. So it right. tells you how. Th- I was thinking, you brought up something never occurred to me, that the board has to be a certain size, of course, to fit the the application. But at the same time, I got a really little door. Right. All the products got to go through there. Uh-huh. Better not do a board. It's pretty than, hard. Than a rolled product that I can uh, you know, you slide just roll a bunch out. of right. Slide a bunch in there. Millie in Raleigh, welcome to the radio program. You are on Making Your Home Great with Brock Hammonds of Triangle Radiant Barrier. What's going on, Millie? Thank you. You're welcome. In the kitchen with the hot water area, yes. the floor is unlevel. Would that be caused by moisture? Ooh, okay, so this is by your, I'm sorry, did you say your dishwasher? Hot water heater. Your water heater. Hot water heater doesn't sit level. Uh, that could be a couple of things. Is I'm assuming this is on the first floor? Yes. And you have a crawl space under the house, or is it foundation? Crawl. That is more than likely the first place I would start. Um, you know, <laughs> being a doctor for a house is kind of like being a doctor for a person. You want to get somebody out there to inspect it uh, and get eyes on it to find out what kind of issue you're having. Believe it or not, I have found uh, water heaters in the past that, that leak through the subfloor, and they don't actually show any evidence of that in the kitchen or in the, the pantry. Mm-hmm. You find evidence of that once you get under the house and you inspect from underneath. So what I would probably recommend, Millie, is is reaching out to a, a plumber first mm. and have him come out and, and do an inspection to find out if that water heater is, in fact, leaking. That could cause the swell in the floor below it. And if it is leaking, obviously you want to get that corrected. If it has caused a swell in your floor, unfortunately, after you get the leak connect, uh, corrected, you'd probably want to reach out to Craig, the floor guy, and have him come out there and inspect the subfloor and the floor joist to ensure that you haven't caused any irreparable damage. Okay. And just so you know, Millie, even though he he's a floor guy, he's going to be able to assess what has gone on. Craig is happy to, well, I don't know happy, but he's, uh, he's willing to go underneath your house <laughs> because he will check underneath the house sometimes when people are putting floors down. Now, it sounds like you do have an, happen to need a floor, but if there are complicated things going wrong with your floor, just like uh, Brock just described, Craig's the guy to call. Okay. It's a good question, Millie. I'm sorry you're having that problem, and I wish you the best of luck. What kind of floor is lifting up? Is this our, this our linoleum floor? Yeah. Oh, yes. Well... Okay, so if it's linoleum, it might not even be the water heater itself. It, might, it could very well be to the, due to the age of the linoleum with a water heater sitting on top of it. Could be. That could be one of the, the causes. Right. Um, and if you're having a moisture issue under the house, that also could be one of the causes. So there's several different ways that this could be uh, being caused. You just want to try to get to the root of the problem. Well, well, Millie, let's take you out to dinner. I've got a Cape Fear Seafood gift card for you from WPTF and Cape Fear Seafood, okay? That's good. All right, take care. question. Yes. Uh, On the first convert, you said that several times you mentioned AJ. How can I reach him? I went on the computer and I got a 704 number. Who is that again? 
Those comfort, AJ, the repairman that's on. <laughs> yeah, AJ with Comfort First. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. AJ, yeah, AJ is, is my HVAC contact over there at Comfort First. Um, and and you're trying to reach him directly, or you're trying to reach the the uh, the company. Company and request him. The company is Comfort First Heating and Cooling. Correct. I would just get on uh, get on the internet, uh, Google, and type in Comfort First Heating and Cooling. And when you reach out to them to schedule somebody to come out and take a look at your system, request it be AJ. What's AJ's last name? Uh, I don't know if I want to give out his, his information over the air since they're, they're not part of the show. Um, but if you want to hang on the line afterwards, I'd be more than happy to give you that info. Millie, you feel like hanging on for about 16 minutes? Don't mind at all. No, well, yeah, I tell you what, call us back at the top of the hour. Call, call us back at about three. When you hear the news, call quickly, okay? Because Brock's got to get going. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you, Millie. Congratulations sir, for the Cape Fear Seafood Gift Certificate. They've got wonderful food. Uh, have the chowder. Um, yeah, so, you like that chowder, I, don't you? I do thank like you that so chowder. Much. Thank you, Millie. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. All right, Brock Hammonds of Triangle Radiant Barriers here. And, and did I give the right advice that Craig, the floor guy, will straighten up problems with your floor? Oh, yeah. As long as they don't go to the foundation. Well, yeah, and yeah, honestly, they're also capable of doing floor joists and, no, gir and girders. So if there's a, a structural issue with the floor itself, uh, most of his guys and his staff over there are able to address those problems. Very good. All right, Brock Hammond's Triangle Radiant Barrier. What were we talking about when Millie called? Crawl spaces. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had an interesting one this this last week. It was a... Uh, <sighs> Probably the largest residential crawl space I've ever been in was a 5,200-square-foot ranch. Mm. And just the, I mean, it was just enormous, the yeah. amount of square footage that was under this house. He had three different HVAC systems under the home wow. and wanted to have the whole thing encapsulated. I had to put two teams on it, and it still took five days to get that job completed. Wow. Uh, so we're, we're getting a lot of those right now. Out of out of nowhere, the uh, the machinery that's underneath the house mm. could be the you know air circulation, air, you, air handling unit, air handling unit. How do you deal with that when you're encapsulating? Is there some complexity to that? Hopefully, they're either electric or not an eighty percent furnace. They okay. can be they can be gas, but yeah. if it's an eighty percent furnace, you can't seal a crawl space with an eighty percent furnace. I don't know what an eighty percent furnace could be. Long story short, it, it brings in its fresh air directly on the face of the unit. You mm -hmm. see a cover to it, and it's got vents on it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's its fresh air intake. Mm -hmm. So if you encapsulate a crawl space, and then you have a gas leak, yeah. you're now bringing that gaseous air into your system and then blowing it inside the house with the, the, the air-conditioned air. Yeah, I would say that's bad. But a normal furnace uh, has actually has a PVC pipe. That comes out the the well the side of it the, towards the base. Mm -hmm. That's your fresh air intake. Well, mm -hmm. if there's a PVC, we can add to it. So okay. I can add PVC to that, run that all the way through the crawl space, punch it through the wall. Right. So you're drawing your fresh air in from outside. Okay. If it's an electric furnace, it's irrelevant. Okay. Uh, right. But the 80% the furnaces are the only ones that will actually prevent you 
from encapsulating an area. And, and every once in a while, we run into a customer that has an 80, uh, 80% furnace in their attic, and they mm. want to do spray foam, and we can't. Mm. You can't seal the ventilation when you have an 80% furnace. It draws in its air at the furnace. Wow. So those are, those are very uh, limiting. If you have that system, there are only certain things you can do. Gosh, if I got into the uh, crawl space um, business like, you know, two weeks ago, I wouldn't know this. <laughs> I would go ahead and encapsulate. Uh, yeah, and and I, I see that a lot too. Um, we get we have customers that reach out to us, and, and unfortunately we charge for this. Typically our inspections are free. Mm-hmm. But if we have a customer that reaches out and says, I just had this other company seal my crawl space. Will you please come out here and take a look at it? You know, and I look them up. I'm like, well, we wrote you an estimate. And I'm yeah. like, well, this guy was, was cheaper. Yeah. Okay, well, what's the problem? Well, I don't know if he did it right. <laughs> well, all right, yeah. We got to charge you, so we'll charge to go out and take a look. And, and unfortunately, I do run into that. I'll get down there and say, look, you've got an 80% furnace. You should not have sealed this. You now uh-huh. have to open at least two vents down here, yeah. which is going to counter all the money you just spent to have this thing encapsulated. Sure. Uh, so it's unfortunate, but yes, there are a lot of guys out there doing this work that are not up to date when it comes to how it should be done correctly. The downside is they did it wrong. Mm-hmm. The other downside is you might die. <laughs> That's because it's a I'm solid point. Yeah, the it's good side is you saved some dollars. It's accurate. Yeah, they they saved uh, that customer saved. I think we were a thousand dollars more. Oh, now yeah. this was a thousand dollars more on an eight thousand dollar contract. We were eight. Mm. The other guy was seven. Yeah. Well, the other guy you know worked out of the back of his truck. He had his buddy helping him out. Yeah. I've got a staff of of people uh, office. Uh, in the field, customer service, yeah. warranties. Yeah. So sometimes it, you know, the cheaper option is not the better one. And he didn't know about the dying thing. Uh, apparently not. He did not. We no. uncovered that. That's very good. All right, Brock Hammonds of Triangle Radiant Barrier here for the last last couple of minutes. Uh, telephone number 919-860-9783 on WPTF. FM. 98.5 AM 680 WPTF, making your home great. And Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Brock, I've been told I have mold. Uh-oh. Now, luckily, it's not in my crawl space, but I have mold. In my crawl space, you could examine my house and say, yep, yeah, you got mold. Yeah. That's... Is it the end of the world? Do I have to sell it, burn it, whatever? <laughs> yeah, I no. <laughs> you definitely insure don't. It, insure it and then and then burn it? I don't I don't know no. what happened to the uh the mold remediation field. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know when people started charging an absolute fortune to mm-hmm. remediate mold. Mm-hmm. Um it's not necessarily as expensive as, as most people think, as long right. as it's done properly. Now, mold on drywall is very expensive sure. because you can't really get that. They can go up there, they can spray it, they can sand it down, they can repaint it, but there's a chance it can come back, which yeah. is why most of the time you have to cut drywall away sure. and replace it. So that can be very expensive. But under your house where it's just exposed wood, mm-hmm. there's lots of options. Um, depending on the severity of the mold, it's, you know, a little bit of spot mold here and there. We can go down there and spray that with a fungicide. Mm-hmm. 
What if the customer wants the, uh, the surface cleaned? Well, after we spray it with a fungicide, we can use a HIPAA vacuum. It's got a little bristle, bristle brush on the end of it, and you turn the vacuum on, you sit there and scrub the wood. Now, mm-hmm. that doesn't take out the staining, but it removes all the surface stuff. Mm-hmm. You want the staining gone, we can do soda blasting. Yeah. Let's say you want the staining gone, but you don't want to use chemicals. Yeah. Well, we can do dry ice blasting, oh, which yeah. is chemical free. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if Duke has mold growing under their dorms, they don't want to fog it with a chemical, do they? No. You got to clear really. everybody out. Yeah. They do want to use dry ice. Yeah. We can get down there and remediate the entire basement of that building and never use a single chemical. And will we say it's not a chemical? It's just ice. It's dry ice, yeah. It's just dry ice. Mm-hmm. And in the process of getting rid of the mold, this dry ice is delivered, shall we say, in a in a speedy sort of <laughs> with velocity. With velocity. Yeah. And it scrapes away the mold. Yeah, the uh, we we have to order dry ice bins. They come in large bins, but they've been uh, chopped down to little chips. Mm-hmm. Well, the dry ice equipment we have that is exorbitantly expensive. Yeah. You scoop out the dry ice, you dump it in the hopper, and yeah. then you've got a big hose with a gun on the end of it yeah. that you walk around and you pull the trigger and it starts spraying this these dry ice chips out with velocity. And that's got to be fun. It is a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I've done several myself, and it's like walking around with an air conditioner down there. It's just, wow. it's absolutely great. But it comes out with so much velocity. Keep in mind, this is negative 131 degrees. Yeah. So it kills mold dead on contact yeah all of it and then it removes the staining that was embedded in the wood because it's coming out with velocity like a pressure washer it's not cheap to have done but it's less expensive than replacing twenty thousand dollars worth of wood sure is it killing the mold with velocity or is it killing the mold with low temperature low temperature at at negative 131 degrees nothing survives nothing Um, my guys love the dry ice gun when they're down there and we run into a, you know, a nest of black widows Yes, and it just frees the whole lot of them in two seconds. When the aliens attack, I'm calling (laughs) triangle radiant barrier and borrowing this. It's nice. It's nice to have this stuff during, uh, uh, in October when Halloween comes around. Yes. If I've got two or three extra bins of dry ice, I just put them up on the front porch and my whole yard <laughs> is is has got smoke through it looks like our house is on fire so it's it's a nice little bonus to have that always on hand i'm just thinking that they had hearings in washington dc about the uh, the ufo thing this week oh did they yeah and th- th- that would be very handy to have this dry ice machine welcome to earth yeah, i think i could pull off a good gag with that yeah I think it would work i like it <laughs> Rock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier is here, and clearly we have either exhausted my questions or his answers. 919-860-9783 is the telephone number. So you've got all these options underneath. Mm -hmm. What determines what you suggest to the client? Oh, man. Is Is it what they need or what you need to sell this week? Uh, it's never what we need to sell this week. Uh, we learned that many years ago. Don't 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 yeah. sell a customer anything they don't need. Your right. job is to educate them, explain yeah. it to them, walk them through the options, then let them pick what they think is best. So I normally ask 
questions to mm-hmm. try to help guide customers to these answers. Yes. Um, do you want to be able to walk on this for years to come? Well, yeah. Okay, then you don't want a 6 mil. You mm-hmm. want a 10 mil reinforced or better. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, maybe I want a 16 mil. Well, I do that in a lot of commercial basements. That might be a little overkill for your yeah. house. Yeah. I think we could just do a 10 mil reinforced, and uh, it's going to be cheaper, and I think it's going to hold up long term. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, I, I don't I don't sell it to them. I try to guide them with logic. Yeah. And they either, you know, like it or they don't. It's in the last couple of minutes, not let's not only slam your competition, but also <laughs> mention. Okay, let's not slam anybody, but let's mention that you and Craig, the floor guy, both agree that certain uh, certain trades ought to be more regulated and have lots of certifications. People should have lots of certifications before they're doing your work. Yes. Well, there's there's one major one, and, yeah. and I know we only got a couple of minutes left in the show. So the big one for any of our listeners, if you pay somebody to come out and remediate mold at your house, whether it's under your house or inside your house, request their mold insurance. Mm. Mold insurance is exorbitantly expensive. It cost me a fortune just to be able to remediate mold and be covered by an insurance company. Umbrella policies and general liability policies do not cover for mold. Right. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but I can say nine out of ten of my competitors do not have mold insurance, but they are down there remediating mold. So that is a big one. And it covers what? Well, let's say your child is asthmatic and you pay us to go in there and remediate a bunch of mold and we pay, we you charge you a fortune and we remediate it, but we didn't get all of it. And your daughter or your child has an asthma attack that's mold and uh, uh, that, yeah. that happened because of the, the airborne contaminants. Yeah. Who are you going to sue? Because my insurance company yeah. is going to back us up. Their insurance company is going to say, no, they weren't allowed to do that in the first place. And you've got all sorts of certification, too. We are BPI and CIRAMI certified mold remediation company, yes. And the other end, the, the, the radiant barrier, you go through training. You've been doing this for a while, but you also, you know, you're, that's not something that a fellow can just go ahead and do. New codes and new insulation come out every year. So we try to try to stay on top of all the new materials that are out there. All right. Thank you. Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier on making your home great.